Welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee. And Lisa, we're, I'm excited about today. Yes, I am super excited. We are talking about something that causes lack of trust, reduced employee engagement, um, limited collaboration, poor time management. These are all symptoms of this one factor. And so well, if, you, and, well, and if you're dealing Okay, stop with, it. Stop it. Let, let's just put something to death. It's actually a funeral service. <laughs> It, okay. is, it is a funeral service, right? So we're actually today. It's it, it is a memorial. Um, rest in peace today and for the next couple of weeks. We're talking about death of a micromanager. It's time to just put him to rest. Let it be over with. Rest in peace. It's over. Because. <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of like totally hijacked the conversation there. For you a did hijack the conversation. And you know what? But it's it's real. It's it really real. is. real. Micromanaging really does have create all of these um, just negative behaviors in the workplace. Well, and, and it really stifles a lot of the creativity and, and a lot of things. Yeah. And, and it actually, it can also affect home life because no, how you say are- say it is not so. How you are anywhere, how you are somewhere is how you are anywhere- and yep. so how you are at work is how you are so, at home. So you're saying if I'm a micromanager at work, do I tend to come home and be a micromanager? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's um, – this is like – this is going to be a fun series. So what we're going to do really over the next four weeks is what we thought is we're going to walk through this whole idea of micromanaging and talk about fears, talk about failures, mm-hmm. and then really give some forward movement. And, Steps to gain control. Yeah, and, and, and almost like after every podcast episode, we want to give you just a quick fix, like, like a fix. Fast fix. Like, what go do can I this. do now? Yeah. So uh, let's just kind of walk into maybe some of these fears, right? So as a micromanager, I think one of the key fears, Lisa, is that you get blamed for what other people did. And so as we work with leaders and organizations, and especially we do a lot of leadership training for managers, management training, and it's fascinating because I say this statement and I tell people about the manager's fatal flaw and I told them, don't laugh, don't raise your hand, don't even smile because this might be you. And and here's and here's what I tell them is I tell them that the manager's fatal flaw is you doing the work of the person you're supposed to be managing. Right. So you're doing your work and you're doing their work. And then you're mad about it. And you're the one who has put themselves in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And then sort of the lies that we tell ourselves is, oh, it's just faster if I do it myself. It'll just take me five minutes. Which sometimes it feels like it really – actually, sometimes it really is faster in the short term. But when you look out long term, it it – decreases efficiency. Yeah, or another lie people believe is like, well, if you want it done right, just got to do it yourself. Right? I got to I'll have to come back and fix it anyway, so I might as well just do it myself. And and really that's that's not training. True. It, and it's one thing that we really emphasize with our roundtable participants is this whole idea of building teams. And the truth is you can go really really fast if you go alone, but if you want to go really really far, you have to build teams. It's so kind of the difference between a sprint and a marathon. Absol- how, how long, Absolutely. what kind of longevity do you want to have? But it is a real fear mm-hmm. that you get blamed for what other people do. It, and the challenge with leadership is really it's about getting results through people. 
That is really leader. It's not you doing all the work yourself, but it's getting results through others. But it is true. There's this idea of responsibility where if there's a problem, say in your department or with your team, typically if it's a good leader that you have or a good boss or a good manager, they're going to bring you in and sit you down and talk to you about your team. And and sometimes if you're not careful, managers want to say, well, it's this team or it's these people. Um, But really, you're just kind of playing the victim. We'll kind of get into some of that a little later. But it's this whole idea of getting blamed for for what other people do. And and the reality is, is that it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And so we want to even talk about, you know, micromanaging is a little bit more of a symptom of a bigger issue. And there's multiple fears that drive that. And we just want to encourage people, let's dive into some of those fears and let's create some strategies to to minimize them. So that that's really maybe like the core fear that happens. Right. Yeah. And that is that is a fear that that drives a lot of people. I mean, who wants to get blamed for other people's mistakes and failures? I mean, I certainly don't. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Uh, so another aspect of a micromanager, uh, the the failure is the failure of a micromanager mm. is that it stifles creativity. It okay. stifles creativity in them. It stifles creativity in their team. Um, it stifles creativity around those that are around a micromanager because each person is not truly allowed to do what they are tasked to do, what they are gifted to do, and what their skills, um, you know, what their skill sets are wrapped around. And so you you have to convince this micromanager that you are you're just you're just spinning your wheels and and the subordinates they're just they're just trying to they're just trying to stay up with it and it's it's this tug and this pull and it also stifles stifles creativity because it takes a lot of energy for a subordinate to follow a micromanager because it's one minute it's this and the next minute it's something else and Rather than having a clear set of tasks, mm-hmm. a clear set of responsibilities, and they know, okay, this job is on my shoulders and this is my baby, you know, tomorrow it's somebody else's baby, or all of yeah. a sudden you have a different baby. And so it, it gets, and it's so because of that, it stifles creativity because right. it, it stifles also the energy involved. Well, it, and when you think about it, collaboration and creativity, they don't live in the realm of micromanaging. Because people, here's what I think happens with team members is they just emotionally give up. They go, well, you you know, you're going to want it done your way anyways, or you're just going to come behind me and correct it, or you're just going to, you know, come in and fix it. And a little bit people, they, they kind of give up. They almost, this phenomena called quit, but stay. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this a lot in some of the large organizations we work with is that it's, they're micromanaged, micromanaged, and then, and then they just, well, you're going to, and they quit on the inside. But they're still there getting a paycheck. And, and, that, and that's part of our problem with we're having retention issues. Absolutely. And because we have quit but stay and and people, they're, they're just not empowered to do their job. Now, when you hire someone, you hire them, yes, for their skill sets, but you also hire them for who they are. You hire yeah. them for their knowledge and their wisdom, their ideas and their strategies. And so when you micromanage them, you stifle that mm-hmm. and all you get is their skill set. You no longer get this creative aspect of who they are, and you no longer get the other half of the reason why you hired them in the first place. Well, and even think about this. You have this fear of getting blamed, 
right? So you have this fear of I'm going to get blamed for what they do. So I'm really stifling creativity. Well, what's the antidote to that fear? It's really courage. And what I've realized is that creativity lives in the space of courage. And, and the more courage that you can create, because think about creativity. Lisa, creativity is messy. It is messy. Uh, if, if we're creating, that means we're also making mistakes. If we're creating, it means we're also learning, which means creativity is not a mistake-free zone. And if you try to create a mistake-free zone, you don't have any creativity. And then when you think about it, people are not motivated because people are motivated when they can come in and use their own brain to solve problems and solve issues. But if you're just, you have this fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to get blamed. And it's a real fear. We understand that. But what can you do to increase your courage? And this is maybe what we mean by micromanaging is really a symptom of a bigger leadership issue for for people. And I know many times the challenges we talk to leaders is this stuff is never talked about before you become a manager. I talk to so many managers or healthcare executives or, or entrepreneurs and a little bit, they talk about, well, gosh, if I would have known this, I probably wouldn't have done this job. They they got the job because they were doing such a good job. They were good job. people. They right. were good people. They were doing a good job in yeah. their position. So they got promoted to this managerial position without truly being um, given the skills to manage people because they were just good at their job and maybe they were good with people. But because you're good with your job and you're good with people doesn't mean that you know how to manage well. And that's a that's a fatal flaw that that leaders and, and company executives make is promoting people before they're ready for the the responsibility of the position and just really, because they're a good job and they they yeah. do a good job and they're good people. Well, and you promote them to failure. Mm-hmm. And really, it's a leadership issue because I think we have to look at people sometimes and go, are you a great player or are you a great coach? If I have a sports team, I want – if I have a basketball team, I want Michael Jordan on the team playing with me. Right. But I don't necessarily want him coaching. I want somebody like a Phil Jackson coaching. And this is – we are dating ourselves from the 1990s. I don't even know who Phil Jackson is. Right. So. We, we just – we went way back. And so – Maybe just look at your history books, but uh, Chicago Bulls, 1990s. But it's a great analogy of are you a great player or a great coach? And we have seen this with the executive teams. In fact, we were just with a client this past week, and I had to sit down with with the two owners and really explain to them that this particular person no longer really serves a great purpose on the executive team. He's a great part of the overall team and the organization. He's a great player. But he's not a manager. He's not a great coach. And those are two different skill sets. And sometimes people think, well, for me to grow and I have to, you know, learn management. You don't. You have to find what is that unique ability on the inside of you and then continue to work through that. It's fascinating. It reminds me of when our kids were younger and we we lived over in Europe at the time. Yeah. And we were trying to find someone to teach our kids how to swim because oh, we yep. didn't have all of these swimming lessons and the guppies and all the different levels yeah, of yeah. the swim teams right. that, that exist in America. Right. And we had some friends of ours that mm-hmm. lived in Switzerland. We were visiting them from uh, Germany or Poland. And yeah. we she was she was an excellent swimmer. She had she had I think she 
was a competitive swimmer. The mom was. And I had asked her, I said, how do I find someone to teach my kids how to swim? And she told me something that really stuck with me. She said, Lisa, when you are looking for someone to teach your kids how to swim, don't look for someone that's a really good swimmer. Hmm. A really good swimmer knows how to swim. And they know how they know how to execute each of the strokes and they've got the strength and and that what you need to have is you need to have someone who is a teacher or someone who is a coach who knows how to swim. So because then you're going to get the instructional side of it, the come alongside here, let me show you how to do this stroke. Now maybe they aren't that great of a swimmer. They can swim. They know they know the basics of the strokes, but they're a really good teacher. They're a really good coach, and they can come alongside your child, and they can show them, and they can recognize when things are going wrong. Whereas a, a swimmer that's a really, really great swimmer but doesn't have the ability to lead or coach or, you know, be the guide – guide on the side, they're not going to be able to pinpoint those things. And that stuck with me um, really for years. That was probably, gosh, 25 years ago. Well, and something that you don't know, I was just, and I don't remember why this conversation with this past week, but I was telling them, if you want to learn how to water ski, talk to Lisa, talk to my wife. (laughs) Now she can water ski. Is she the best water skier in the world? Absolutely not. But she can water ski. But what she's excellent at is she's a great teacher. And that is a great example. You have taught many people how to water ski. Because a great teacher is an excellent observer. Absolutely. And so if you have a micromanager on your team or if you are a micromanager. Listen, there's hope if you're a micromanager, right? There is hope. A skill to a skill yeah. to to obtain would be us the observation, the ability of observation. Yeah, that's really good. And yep. so, but back along the lines of stifling creativity, it's you have to decide. Okay, yep. am am I in this for the long game? Am hmm. I in this for the long haul? Because why, if I'm if I'm working in a company. And mm-hmm. you're my micromanager. You're my manager and you happen to micromanage me or you're my higher up. You don't even have to be a manager. You're my higher up. And you're just you, asking for a friend, right? Hypothetically. Ask, ask, right? I have this friend. friend. I have this friend and works I'm for this thinking, guy. Okay, why should I even bother hmm. finding a better way to do things or being more efficient, yeah. um, an easier way to accomplish something if, if my ideas are not even going to be welcome? Wow. And if my yep. ideas are not going to be welcome, then why put my energy toward it, even though I might be a master at building a process and um, reforming and changing things? It, it's not worth my time because I would put all of this time toward mm-hmm. developing something, developing the better product or developing the better system to have it shot down. And then I would have wasted all of that time. But also, that's just a blow to to me as, a, as an individual and yeah. as a, I would say my self-esteem, you know, just my confidence. It's a blow of, okay, well, I guess that my my worth is not valued here. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah. People think, wow, my worth is not valued. In one sense, it takes courage for the manager to step in and go, okay, we're going to be a little messy, but it also takes courage for team members to say, I'm going to step up. I'm going to give my ideas. I'm going to share what I think. And it that courage works both ways on a on a team. Yeah. 
because sometimes sometimes you you need to put pressure on your higher ups in a yeah. gentle manner and just to be able to sit down and have have truthful truthful conversations. I mean, we we just finished recording our course, emotionallyintelligentcourse.com is where you can get it. Right. And we talked all about conversations and how mm-hmm. to communicate and how to deal with what you've go- got going on. So if I am an employee, yep. I'm going to need to have a conversation with my higher up and and just very gently but respectfully and knowledgeably go through and present the idea of I was hired for my brain and mm-hmm. for my hands. Yeah. And I would really like to be able to do both. Would you trust me in this area to come up with some new ideas and will you give them will you give them a chance? Well what was interesting, we talked a lot in the course about the feedback generator and it is a tool in the course. So listen, it is just released emotionallyintelligentcourse.com is where you can get it. It is a five module really training self-development where you can learn how to have these kind of conversations. So well, we'll put that in the show notes for people they can have it, but it's this whole idea of how do you generate this feedback because if you're not careful it's like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I know even for me as a leader, I don't know sometimes when I am micromanaging until I get that feedback and really being open to the feedback and really confronting some of that fear. And Lisa, that's a little bit why we use a lot the trigger identifier. It's a fantastic tool to really help leaders understand what is that underlying issue that's really kind of causing that. I'm a little bit of a loss for words. And when I think about it. And that's, that is this, this is part of this forward movement. This is part of that steps to gain control Right, is just being able to identify what's going on. What is the trigger? What is, what is the situation happening? And why do I all of a sudden lock down? Yeah. Because if you can solve that, locking down just stops. But it's a, but locking down is not the issue. It's just a symptom of what this bigger issue issue is. Right. And the and the trigger identifier is which is what we based a lot of the course on. But with the trigger identifier, we do have triggeridentifier.com. It's a completely free tool that you can use, um, download and, and we'll put it in the show notes for you. So you can have it totally free, no charge, just enjoy and, really and but utilize some it of that. utilize it to figure out, okay, when this situation happened, I I just I just froze all movement yeah. with my with my team and I froze all the the process the steps I stifled the creativity hmm. and I I locked things down. Wow. Or or if you have um, one of your employees approaching you and they're saying, "Hey, when when you did this, we were we were running this way yeah. and you came in with a new idea and you said, "Hey, we're going to work on this idea now." And it locked down all the progress that we were making. There's your situation. That's your scenario that you start and you put that in in the tool on the trigger identifier. And and you walk walk it through. You walk it through and figure out, okay, what was going on? And and a lot of it is self-awareness. Yeah. And Lisa, you think about it, every trigger creates an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's this atmosphere of micromanaging. People feel it before they even hear it. They just know this creativity is stifled because there's this trigger. But you know what I was thinking about? Every atmosphere has has a trigger. Creativity, the atmosphere of creativity has a trigger too. It completely does. And so what's the tri- what triggers creativity? And that's a great thing to really kind of figure and out And how too. do you cultivate that atmosphere in your workplace? Yeah, and, and what, what triggers courage for you? Mm-hmm. 
because just like fear can be triggered, courage can be triggered too. And really, and so it's not necessarily, I think sometimes when people hear trigger, they're thinking all the negative things or all the uh, unpleasant emotions that sort of pop up, but there's pleasant emotions that are also triggered. And, and so, those are the triggers that you want. Those are the absolutely. triggers that you want to to develop and cultivate. And things like what triggers are for you. So, so let, let's give some forward movement as we're make absolutely. sure we don't want to just. You, okay, so <laughs> forward movement is steps to gain control. If it, as we're talking, you're thinking, "Gosh, I think I tend to be a micromanager," or "I think yep. um, I think my higher up is a micromanager," and and you've we've put the words to what what you've been feeling. Yeah. And so I think one of the key things is reflect on the impact because what I was thinking about, Lisa, all behavior makes sense. Okay. I mean, people behave for certain reasons. And when you understand this was the outcome, well, what was my behavior? And then what was I thinking? Because all, all progress starts when we just start to change behavior. And really leadership is a behavior change game. And people don't want to hear that because it's it's maybe easier to control things and maybe sometimes control people. But people do things for their own reasons and leaders do things for their own reasons. And so I think look at the impact, almost like look at the outcome. This is what happened. Okay. And then what caused that to happen for uh, – I just want to see how personal I can get for a minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, but, but at least we have a particular video series, and it, it's something that I'm going to go back and talk to some of the team about, but I wasn't happy with the quality of the video. Okay. And so uh, – but I finally – I didn't see it until it was already out. It's already in a different course and already in some different places. And I looked at the video, and I thought, hmm. That's, that's not very good. That's not great quality. We were obviously not at Prong Studios at that time. <laughs> we, we absolutely weren't. But here's what I thought about. I thought, okay, nobody told me. And it passed through three different team members' hands. And and did anybody notice it? Well, I, that's what I don't know. I don't know. Did anybody notice it? And maybe they didn't. Or did they notice it but didn't feel freedom to talk to me about it or make a comment or... Or you it, know what's even worse? Yeah. Did they notice it and they made a comment and uh, you micromanaged over very, that? We, we don't know. But that's a great example of that's an outcome or an impact. Right. So reflecting on the Reflecting impact. on the impact and then stepping back and asking yourself just real honest questions about that situation, and then going back and having a conversation with team members. And that's a really good statement to put like on a sticky note on yeah. your computer or in your your office or cubicle or wherever your bathroom mirror is, you know, uh, reflect on the impact. And that's this is a forward movement. This is something to be thinking about today, next week, next year, always going back, having this. And this is this is a trigger to have us go back and do some reflection. So reflect on the impact. Well, and in this way, it takes an experience, like recording that video and putting that out there in a in a course. It takes that experience that maybe, hmm, I didn't like the outcome, but I learned, we learned from the outcome. Right. We learned from the impact. And we really create value even from maybe mistakes. Mm -hmm. And in this way, we increase our creativity. It gave us a story. 
awesome. gave us a real life story. Yeah. It's it, real. Right, for, right from the podcast. And so triggeridentifier.com, free gift for you. We'll put the in the show notes. And also a lot of these same tools like Feedback Generator, it's in the course. So go get the course. It's yours. Um, we want you to have it. Right. Okay. And so now it's like, yeah. okay. What can I do now? I have realized I I get blamed and I'm doing my work and I'm doing their work. And I'm mad. And I've stifled creativity or I realize my creativity has been stifled. Um, I've got this, I've got these steps, this forward movement steps to gain control. I can reflect on the impact and I can identify the triggers of the situation. So fast fix, got to fix it fast. Something, what, one thing to do before we go. What is something I can do right now? Tell us. Recognize where. You are micromanaging. Like, see if you can pick an area in what what is the situation where, mm-hmm. and and you do this. Ask for honest feedback in an area. So talk to your team and ask them: Is there an area that I am micromanaging? Is there an area that you feel as though you cannot fully work to your potential? And 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 get give feedback. Absolutely, because you don't know what you don't know, and we all have blind spots. And so this is where getting that that feedback, because the worst thing that can happen is you think you're not micromanaging, and you really are. Yeah. I know for me, I think I'm not micromanaging in certain things, and then when I find out I am, it's frustrating, but yes. it's very helpful. Yes, okay. Because it's just information. It's just information. This is another fast fix. Yes. Give it to us. Be honest with yourself. Like exactly what you just said. Be honest with yourself. This is a constraint to your success both now and in the future. And we can learn from every situation. Well, and Lisa, that really takes courage. Mm -hmm. And breaking free really takes courage. And we want you to to shed some sunlight on this issue. And if it's true... Get it out in the open. Because here's what's interesting. Team members appreciate it. They already know you're micromanaging. You might as well just talk about it. You might as well just get it out in the open and also help them address some of those fears and concerns. Because many times we micromanage because we care. It's not because we don't care. It's because we really care. We just have this concern that we don't know what to do with. So a great example for us, Lisa, and we'll kind of close with this, is we're getting ready to go on a sabbatical, you and I. And I have a lot of fears going on on the inside. But at a team meeting when I was just able to share those concerns, what was awesome was the team just stepped up and just told us where they got it and what they needed from us. And... All of a sudden, after sharing those concerns, I just had another level of freedom. And so I think you're only sick, sick as your secrets, which means if you have this secret fear, get it out in the open. Right? you have these concerns, get it out in the open. And you're going to find a lot more collaboration, a lot more creativity. Um, for you, Lisa, big takeaway? My big takeaway is just the whole concept of how stifling hmm. – being micromanaged is. Yeah. And that it truly is worth it to play the long game. Now, if I'm personally being micromanaged, do I want to be micromanaged in this position for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yes, I can handle it today and I can handle it this week, but is this truly the way I want to live? And it might be an opportunity for me to have some good conversations. Yeah. And 
begin to address it with my with my higher up? Or if I am the one that is stifling creativity, do I really want to lose the the wisdom and knowledge and experience hmm. that my team has? And do yeah. I really want to to stifle the growth of, of my company or or within or my, my family, with my team? Yeah. Do I want to stifle the growth? Yeah, I think for me it's Hi, my name is Dennis, and I'm a micromanager. And you say, hi, Dennis. Hi, Dennis. (laughs) Uh, I think if you are, um, just get it out there, get it out in the open. But uh, no, honestly, I was thinking about that every atmosphere has a trigger. Just like the atmosphere of micromanaging, creativity also has a trigger. Collaboration has a trigger. So what 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 triggers collaboration? What triggers creativity? Go find that out and start to work with that trigger too. Not just trying to stop these triggers that produce the behaviors that we right. don't want. Um, every atmosphere has a trigger. So listen, this has been fun. If you'd like the trigger identifier, it's triggeridentifierfire.com. We'll put it in the show notes. And then if you would like to purchase the course, it is over 30 lessons, quick lessons. You get quick strategies, about 10 different thinking tools inside of it, but emotionally intelligent how to be, course.com. How to be emotionally intelligent course.com. Right. It's emotionally intelligent how to be more interactive and less reactive with your team. And we're super proud of it because we just launched it. So go grab it and we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. 